Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This afternoon I want to talk about and discuss and take questions about our Zendo forms. Uh, I've been working through uh, the manuscript of Sojin Roshi's book and there's a section in it called the formal and the informal and I think that I'm going to read from that as a kind of introduction. It's commonly thought that Zen practice is very formal and rigid and that thinking and emotions are cut off. Formal, yes. Rigid, not really. For every activity there are rules, directives and procedures. The formality of our practice allows access in our ineffable, ineffable fundamental and formless nature. What looks like narrow confinement becomes, with maturity, vast freedom. What is formal becomes informal. Submitting to Zendo forms enables an attentive student to move and sit gracefully with ease and naturalness. Moving in the Zendo with awareness of the subtle sound of our steps, the upright movement of our posture reflects a natural choreography. It's not a matter of getting it right or being perfect. Working in the tight space of the kitchen, we move around each other with sharp knives and hot pots in a harmonious improvised dance, concentrated and attentive, getting out the meal on time with a settled mind and relaxed body. The life of a Zen student is mostly improvisation. Improvisation works best within a solid structure or container. A well-trained Zen student feels comfortable within the forms and approaches the activity with gratitude, awareness, and confidence. There's a saying, to sit zazen with warm feet and a cool land. People often say, I'm a very emotional person. I have never met anyone who is not a very emotional person. The ones who don't show their emotions are often the most emotional. To control or not to control. To have a cool head while sitting zazen is to think the thought of Zazen. The nature of thinking is to think or to dream. The point is, who is the boss of thinking? While we maintain a well-balanced posture of uprightness and flexibility, our feelings tend to harmonize with our situation. Why should we th be thinking about something or holding on to feelings that have nothing to do with the present situation? Is it possible to let go and allow our body and mind the freedom from the fetters of emotion and thought? Formal and informal. They are just two sides of the same thing. My teacher said, even though there is no self, still there are rules. So we have particular forms here, 
in the Zendo, in our tradition. And uh, when you go to other places, uh, you'll find that the forms are similar. But what's really tricky is that often they're a little different. And they're not wrong. We're not right. Uh, I remember at the opening of coaching uh, on Akiba Roshi's temple on Shebo Road. When they opened, they had all of these priests that come from Japan. And they each had their, their book of forms, literally. And they, they were arguing for three days about how you did this or that, uh, because everyone's forms were just a little bit different. So we have forms here, but they're not, they're not rules and they're not rigid. The idea of them is to create a space in which we can move harmoniously together and also where we, where we have some confidence uh, about how we do things. So, um, again, you go someplace else, like when I'm, so here, uh, when I'm the officiant and I uh, offer at the altar, I, after I sidestep and I turn to my right and walk around. Uh, when I'm at Upaya Zen Center, because it's a slightly different tradition. I offered the zendo, I offered the altar, I step sideways and I turn left. I turn inward. And that's, that's the form. And actually, the wonderful thing is to really pay attention to what's happening and to harmonize with that activity. So, um, I spoke to uh, Tanto, uh, Susan, Marvin, and also to uh, Ross yesterday and collected some, some points of form to, to inform you about if you, if you don't know them. Uh, and also, I really want to have discussion to take, to take your questions and to find out what you might like to know about, or uh, then there's the awful question of you may you may ask you have permission to ask why, <laughs> even though that's that's not a very good Zen question. But why do we do things this way or that way? And probably I will not be able to answer, but in some cases I might. Um, I wanted to say something else about the our forms, which. I really appreciate. So, um, when you go to San Francisco Zen Center or to Tassajara, they generally the same forms as we have here, but I'll say it's a bit more high church. So there's, there's more forms, they're sort of more elaborate. And what I saw when I was in Japan uh, was 
which I really appreciated was I could recognize all the forms we did in Japan. I could see our forms within them. Uh, and what was what was interesting to me was the forms that we have here are ones that have been simplified a little bit for our space. They're designed to fit our space. So, for example, usually if you're the doshi, uh, there's a lot of space between the bowing mat and the back of the room. And so the doshi would take a step back and bow, and they take another two steps back or three steps back and bow again and then leave. Well, we don't have that space. So we take a step back and then we come and we stand in front of our seat and bow. That's an accommodation to deal with the space that we have. And there, there are little things like that that we've, that we've worked out. So, um, some of the points I want to cover is when we're working in, walk, walking in the Zendo, we walk in Shashu and we do kinhin in shashu. So you make a fist with your left hand with your thumb inside and cover it uh, with your right hand and hold it sort of in the middle of your body so that with your arms a little away from your body and walk slowly. In the zendo, there's no need to rush. Even if you think you're going to be late, just walk slowly on the balls of your feet and uh, be mindful about your steps. There's no, no need to run. And that's why we, we have this kind of formal way of walking in Shashu. Um, so when you come to your seat, if you have cushions or if you have anything that you're carrying, a bag, uh, a coat, put it down first, settle it first, and then bow to your seat and turn clockwise and bow away, and then sit down. I missed, I missed one point also, just when you enter the Zendo, most of you, I think most of you know most of this, but when you enter the Zendo, you walk in, in Shashu, and take a few steps in. If you're going to sit on this side, on the uh, east side of the Zendo, take a few steps in and bow in Gasho to the altar. If you're going to sit on this side, you move towards the middle of the room and then bow to the altar, then uh, return to Shashu and walk to your seat. Um, I saw this the other day, this is a point. So we treat, uh, when we're straightening out our zafus for, for service, uh, you put your zafu down, your, uh, your uh, zapatan down on the floor. And when you move it, bend down and move it with your two hands. 
Don't move it with your, don't push it around with your feet. It's part of you. So you handle it like everything else, uh, very carefully, very respectfully. Um, Gary has his hand up. Oh, Gary, go ahead. Yeah, Hosan, could you say something about when you're bowing, who or what you're bowing to? Which bow are we talking about? Well, the first coming in the zendo and then at your seat. Okay. My feeling is uh, when you come in the zendo, you're bowing to everybody, including the Buddha that's in the room and to the room itself as a space. You're just, you're showing your respect. Uh, and it's just a way of honoring the space that you're entering and making a clear entrance. Uh, when you come to your seat, you're bowing to your honorable seat, just to the, to the place itself, which is going to support you. It's going to be your home for the next 40 minutes or the next day. And so when we come, we bow to our seat, we turn around and we bow across the room again to everyone who's sitting sitting there. And when when we leave, it's the same thing. We we straighten our places, uh, we bow to our seat and we bow away. Is that is that helpful? Um other questions? Yeah. I'll go. Right. We do not do gasho like this. It's too formal. It's too rigid. Uh, so your your arms, you want to have a natural, a natural feel, an easy feel. Um, you can think about then for the for the your hands themselves. That's so your your hands are basically a little below your eyes and kind of a hand distance away from your face. And your palms are a little arched. You know, they're not, they're not pushed together. So nothing is, nothing is rigid. That's the kind of rigidity that, that Sojin was, was kind of naming as not our style. And so if you go to Aheji, everybody's like that. You know, and it's, it's very uh, military. You know, but we're a bit more informal, and that's the way that's the way we've been instructed here. Uh, and then it's interesting because uh, again, even in different Zen styles, they they hold their hands in a different in different places. But this is our style. This is the Soto style uh, that I've seen pretty much everywhere I've been, and um, usually that that kind of arms parallel to the arms 
parallel to the floor is a that's kind of a a novice training monk's uh, posture. So uh, we don't have to do that. Does that, does that help? Um, yes, Erna. Mm -hmm. So um, the guy shows that you were talking about um, at the seat. So um, the thing I read, I guess it's Uchiyama, you know, is you bow into the seat and the people practicing with you on that side. Because there's this return bow that the people sitting do. Or when you back, you back out, there's the return bow. Well, it's different. Can you repeat yes. So, um, if I understand, uh, I think the question was: Is there a return bow that people on either side are mm -hmm. making? Um, generally, uh, yes. Generally, if there's someone sitting next to you, and you bow and they see you in their peripheral vision, they should bow with you. Uh, the other place where that, where that happens is, say, if you have to move your legs, or if you have to get up during a period of zazen, uh, before you move, you bow, and the people on either side of you also echo or reflect that, that bow. Uh, but sometimes they may not see you. Uh, that's okay. Uh, but in general, the, the practice, you do practice the return here, right? Right, we do. And the other thing that we that we do is uh, that I was trained that I don't, this may have slipped a bit. Uh, usually, if you're standing and bowing at your seat over here, the, the person across from you would also would bow. Uh, I don't know if that's... Do you think we still do that? I do. Well, some okay. people do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, that's the form. You know, so it's, it's part of this greater spirit of sort of harmonizing. Uh, and it's quite lovely. Even if the divider is up? The divider is up, no. No. It's, it's really... If the divider is up, it's like two different spaces. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, again, don't get too caught up in this as rules or regimentation. It's just really what, what might feel right and respectful to you. And it's like, I just remember so many sessions, and I can remember particular people's bows. You know, we'd be, you'd be sitting in the same seats for a week, and you would be bowing across the room to each other. and you take their bow into your body and you may carry that that image that that sort of muscle image in your body for years and years and never forget it so it it's it's wonderful practice you can pull. after each set of prostrations there seems to be a closing bow is that choreographed or is that crept in um, after each, what do you mean, after each prostration? After or each set of prostrations? I've noticed that most of us do an, another bow, standing bow. Yeah, that's, that's right. Two, so if we do a set of 
prostrations after the third bowel, say. Uh, yeah, you would just, let me see. I need to do it, okay? Um, I don't know if you're gonna, hang on a second. So this, <laughs> this is my third bowel. very small gusho to kind of close that. Um, I don't know, did you hear that? I don't think you saw it, but did you hear it? Does that make sense? Yeah, we saw it and we heard it. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, or not. That reminded me, I don't know if this is the confusion, but some people are sometimes doing it differently. So before the before the three bells, when the priests are putting down their, I don't know the name. Zagu. Zagu. So the priests bow because they're bowing to the Zagu. They're going to do something with the Zagu, but the rest of us. Just stand. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You just, you just stand, right. Sometimes confusing. Right. Um, the priests have, you know, there's just a way to unpack your Zagu, mm -hmm. uh, and everyone else is just standing. And that involves a bath. I think because I see other people, you know, yeah. bow with the priest. Yeah, no, but they don't. They don't have to. Yeah. So Fine. at the end of a period of zazen, when we're standing for service, uh, there are there are three things to do. There's the bow, in and out. There is uh, uh, what plumping or like reciting yes. zafu, and there is laying out the mat for service. What is the order of those three things? Um, actually, the order would be getting up, bowing to and away. Do not do anything with your cushion then. Just put your just put your zavotan on the floor. Then, uh, when we're done. You put your zabuton back, and before we leave, then you would plump up your cushion. It's a little, again, it's a little different in San Francisco because some of that is done after the officiant leaves, but here we do it. So I wanted to say something about uh, fluffing up the cushion. Uh, again, uh, we kind of roll it with our hands like we're kneading bread. We don't, we don't mash it down or punch it. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's your head, so treat it respectfully. Uh, and, place it, and place it in the middle of the zabotan. As fluff, some of these are, some of these are kind of, like the rest of us, some of these are kind of old and mushy. Uh, and so they don't necessarily stay fluffed up, and some of them do. But we make an effort to uh, reinvigorate them. Yeah. Carol uh, Paul has her hand. Yeah. Oh, so I wanted to kind of go back to this applies to the priest. When we pick final bow, we pick up our zagus. We can't really bow yet. We're getting ready to fold it because we have something in our hand. Correct. And so once it's all folded, we put it back. 
we wouldn't bow that extra bow either because now we're ready to do the three bows. I would do, I think. Um, Can you repeat the question? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, when you pick, when the priests pick up their zagu, uh, you pick up your zagu, you fold your zagu, you put it on your arm, and then just do a little shashu bow. Uh, and then we're ready to do our, our three bows. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. Yeah, okay, some? It, it's just a question about the fluffing of the pillow. Yeah. As doshi, I don't come back to my seat at the end, so should I be fluffing my pillow when I stand up and do the bow? Yeah, anyway? yeah. You have time as doshi because you're giving everybody else in the room time to put out put out their cushions. You want to make sure before you go, you want to make sure that everyone is ready, and then then you would go to the front of the mat, and so you have time to to fluff up your cushion at that point. Uh -huh. Sue, Margo, Helen, yeah. I have a question about kin hen spacing. Oh. <laughs> Please tell us the spacing. Um, depends on how many people there are. Yes. You should always be exactly 23 inches apart from each other. Yes. <laughs> no. You want to be evenly spaced. And you want to be evenly paced. So you have to time your steps, not your breath. You time your steps in harmony with the person who's in front of you with a sense of space. Now, some places they do it, first of all, some places they do really fast kin which is like almost running, which is quite vigorous and wonderful. And other places, uh, they do it in kind of lockstep, which we don't do. So you're on your own, but it's like, I think of it as like, kind of like a millipede with uh, with all of these different legs that are independently coordinated and yet they never, you know, they never run into each other. So you keep an even space according to how many people are, how crowded it is. And sometimes you might move ahead to close up a space. Uh, and so basically the process is uh, when you are taking a step, breathe in on uh, as you lift your foot and breathe out as you set it down. And then you may actually take a few breaths in between. Uh, it's not necessarily one breath, one step, but there's, but the steps are also coordinated with your breath. Does that make sense? Yeah, but if you find there's five people bunched up behind you, maybe you could, someone could step around you? So, well, there's no passing lane. No uh, passing lane? Right. Uh, it's, you know, it's not like the freeway. Uh, you, might, you might move to another space in another line. That's okay. Uh, but people should be, we should be generating an awareness of where we are in relation to each other and do our best.
but as I said, it's not it's not in lockstep, but it is something that we do together. And do you want to say something about so when the bell is sounded? Right. So when the bell is sounded, you make a shashu bow, and everybody at once should move, should walk very briskly all the way around their their sector of the zendo and back to the seat and stand there until uh, the director or whoever bows. So even if you're close to your seat, you don't cut across, you go around the circle. Yeah, yeah. But if you're like, if, it's like you're, if you're in my seat and you're like at this point where, where you are, uh, I would come here and I'd stop. And I'd let people go around. Uh, Oh, I was wondering about uh, when we're putting out the Zabuton um, for service and we leave um, our Zafu on the ton. Um, and I guess my practice is to move my Zafu to the side of the like other Zabuton that stays on the ton that's like away from the altar. And I've seen some people leave their Zafu like in the middle of the Zabuchan, and I was just curious if there was um, a particular form about this. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, and also, you know, a lot of people need their uh, need their Zafus to uh, to sit on in, for for Seiza. Um, but um, no, it's not it's not so strictly determined. Um, Joel, We're almost out of time. I'm going to go till 6.30 and then end. Joel? I just had a question about... Um, you're chopping up, uh, Joel. You need to put your I hand... I can't up. understand you. Okay. How's that? Not so good. While you're doing this, I'm going to take another question. Helen? Oh, okay. <laughs> can I just ask them and you can answer whichever one you want? Sure. Okay. How do we relate to the bells at the beginning if we're late? When do we need to stand at the door? Ah, oh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, let, let me just do that because that's important. If you come in after the doshi has begun, after the rope chant, if you come in before the rope chant, just go to your seat. If you come in after the rope chant uh, in the morning, just stand by the door until the doshi has finished uh, his or her round. After the rope chant has started. After the rope chant has started, yes. Question two? Um, how do we, at the end, at the end end of zazen, you, doshi, bows to your seat and then bows to the room? In, in terms of the bells, are we meant to bow on the second or the third? Second. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, you bow at the first, and, and then you, you, there's three bows, three bells, right? Correct. Everybody bows towards the altar. Correct. Then when I come back to the seat, you're supposed to do, there, there are two bells, and you do your bow on the second bell. The, the third bell. Third bell, yes. Okay. 
Right. Uh, can I ask my... Yeah, but that's can... a pair. The yeah, it's a pair. Yeah. Those are paired bills. So the, the, the end of the pair. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know where I picked up that when you come by or when a doshi comes by at the end, if I'm on the lower ton, I step up. Did I make that up? Are we still no, up? sometimes it's good. It depends on how crowded it is. Okay. Yeah. And then my last question. Yeah. How do I relate to the forms when we're not in zazen, we're not in service? For example, at the door, say I'm cheating, say I'm night watch, say I'm cleaning. Uh, I think it's really nice to, uh, to bow when you, whenever you come in and to do our leaving, you know, do a shashu bow at the door. It's just respectful of the space, irrespective of what activity is going on there. So if I'm passing in front of the altar up front? If you're passing in front of the altar to do that, that's fine. When you're passing, yeah, and when I pass in front of the altar, if I'm, I, I do, you know, if you're passing in front of the altar, you do a, you stop and you do a shashu bow uh, as you're moving sideways. And I would do that irrespective of whether there's somebody else in the Zen or not. It's that's a way of honoring the Buddha. Yeah. Oh my God, this, I, is it okay if we go five minutes more? Yes. Okay, we're not going to take any more questions than, our, than we've had hands up. Jeremiah? Curious about um, the morning zazen and service, and how it's different from the afternoon zazen and service, and just in terms of forms. The forms are are much the same. The service is a little different. There's no there's no afternoon greeting. Uh, that's different for the officiant, but it's not really different for uh, people coming from zazen. Uh, it's just there's no. Jundo, there's no going around. The, the deficient doesn't go around and greet people in the afternoon. It's a more abbreviated service. Okay? A uh, simple one. Bow to your pillow coming in. Bow to the people. Then I'm always confused about then I get back I get up on the time. Yes. Uh, is there a formal way to do it? I just saw Genpo do it backwards very elegantly. There's a good way to do it. Yes. I mean, um, if you're particularly if you're on a ton, uh, you can move your move your zafu towards the front, and so you have some support. Sit down swing your legs over you try not to put your feet on the meal board which is the buddha's tongue uh and swing around and that's also a good way to do it even if you're on the floor tongue to the clockwise, clockwise yes we do everything clockwise yeah um okay that's all for in here i think uh, you only had a question oh did you if you did it's okay yeah uh when we close the windows how should we get onto the tongue without stepping on the meal board. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave? Joel's still mm -hmm. up. Uh, and then Dave and Carol. Okay. Okay. Make them tight. How's that? Yeah, that's fine, but make the questions Yeah. Uh, Kenyon, I've been taught at some point to 
um, breathe with each step. And you're saying that that's not the case here. No, um, because you'll be taking too many steps. You know, um, you just breathe naturally. We're moving very slowly. If you breathe with each step, then you'll be taking too many steps and you'll be, uh, you'll run into the person in front of you. Oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Dave? You, Hosan. Is there a form in this temple about which foot to step in and out of the door? No, not really. Uh, step over. What? But step over the threshold. Yeah, step over the threshold. I mean, I could, there's something that I know what I do, but it's, we were never really given a form about that that I can, that I can recall. Uh, it's different than, say, from Tassahara. Thank you. Carol? Can't hear you. When, when leaving the Sando, where do we do bows? Where do what? Where do we do bows? It used to be at one point as we passed the altar, and then later it became as we leave the door. Do we do anything? This is now we're heading out heading out the door. At the threshold, before you step over the threshold, you do a, a modest shashu bow, uh, so that you're continuing your zazen practice into the world. Uh, uh, we don't turn to face the altar here, uh, and there's no extra bows that you have to do. Okay, Erna, you get the last question. It's so you had to. No, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, Judy, you get the last question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some of our forms uh, can really challenge body ability, yeah. like the Bodhisattva ceremony. Yes. And uh, with the, I might have an idea that I can uh, do a, a whole bunch of full prostrations, sit on my knees high up with my hands in gasho. And I discover at some point, oh boy, I can't. It would be awkward then to transition to a chair. How do you work with adapting the form so that you don't injure your body in the midst of such a thing? Well, I think you should think relatively in advance about what your actual capability is and not push yourself to do something that you think you're not going to be able to sustain. You may notice I've been doing the Bodhisattva ceremony in a chair. Right, but sometimes we learn in the process, especially if we're new to the forms. Then sit in a chair, or sit on the end, sit on the, pull your zabutan off to the, to the front of the meal board, so you're not sitting on the meal board, and, and sit, uh, sit on the, on the tongue. And if we were in the middle of the bodhisattva ceremony, like I found I was in Choki, and I happened to realize that my knees were hurting too much, so I sat down into a kind of fine. Shiza. That's fine. Yeah. You should do whatever you need to do to accommodate your body. But also, we need to really learn our bodies. We should learn, we need to learn and have a sense of what our capabilities are and not push ourselves too hard, especially as we get 
to the age that some of us are at, you know. Um, so please just accommodate yourself and nobody's going to look askance at that. But you have to be the person that determines that. Okay, well thank you. It was lovely uh, to talk with you about this and uh, I look forward to, please, any questions that you have that have not been covered here, uh, feel free to bring up with me or with, uh, with Susan or Ross uh, or Lori when she gets back. Uh, and we'll be happy to do our best to answer. Thank you.